0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another Remap interview. I'm recording this in the Beginning of December, I, I don't know when this is going to go on the website, uh, but I just knew that when I saw this tweet, I wanted to get this person on the on the phone, on the, I don't, that's a phrase, It's. I guess it's not really accurate these days, but anyway, I'm not, I'm getting lost in the weeds, um, so I can get lost in the weeds with Alex Donaldson, who is a uh, video game critic, owner of RPG Site, and assistant editor over at VG. 247 and a freelancing all around the internet. The reason you might be wondering, I'm, I'm sort of like hearing that name in the back of my head. Well, back before I lost my job uh, at Vice and Waypoint, uh, I wrote a series of articles kind of trying to understand and really to explain to uh, a broader audience that so many video game websites that you like and enjoy, if you're not paying for them, if you're not like, like at remap where like we rely on subscriptions to make all of this work. Um, Most websites cannot or are unable to do that, and they rely on ads, and they have guides. And guides, walkthroughs, however you want to characterize them, are essentially the foundational element financially for how many websites work. And I had a chance to chat with Alex for those articles uh, about a year and change ago, and uh, I wanted to get on and talk to Alex today about something they tweeted. And we'll get to that in a moment, but hello, Alex. Thanks Thanks for coming through Remap.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's 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 exciting and it's an.
1: Is it exciting interesting time? Perhaps is it exciting? exciting isn't is it the right <laughs> word?
2: Perhaps exciting. I mean, it's exciting in a in a in a chaos is exciting sort of way.
1: Um, but yeah, I like yeah, I like the Interesting times. Definitely, like you you're, you're despite the bleakest places this is appears to be going that you were maintaining, uh, your sense of optimism. I appreciate that. I appreciate that because we need folks like yourself trying to find a way <laughs> through it. Uh, cause I think it's a, a lot of jobs are, um, the line in the future if, if we don't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll kind of talk through a bunch of this history. The, where I wanted to start was why I reached out in the first place was a, uh, a quote tweet that you had, um, uh, to, uh, to somebody, uh, in which you said the funniest thing about this extremely grim and fucked up development It's how Google's AI answer is probably more concise, clear, and useful to the user than a lot of websites because they have to be more wordy and pad some in order to rank and fulfill SEO requirements for Google. Now, this quote retweet was on top of uh, essentially Google rolling out a sort of saved you a click feature in which they are using AI to aggregate guides and walkthroughs to answer basic questions that a player might have. I believe in, in this example... Uh, it was, uh, da, da, da.
2: It, was it was cyberpunk and it was, it yeah. was, the, it was, it was a basic question of like, um, early on in cyberpunk, right. There's, there's the choice, uh, in the prologue where you can side with Dexter, mm-hmm. uh, the big black Jesus of the afterlife, as they call <laughs> him, or you can side with Evelyn. Who's the, you know, the, the girl who's setting up the heist, uh, from the bar with Judy. And so the example was basically someone googling who should i choose dexter or evelyn which i think is quite a common sort of search Mm -hmm. term and instead of giving you results where you click through to a website google's generative ai has read a bunch of websites so they actually cite um a website that i can't Identify it might be Game Revolution. They cite the Steam guides, which obviously a user created on Steam, and then they've got Games Radar. Obviously, that's a future publishing, and so they've sort of scraped those three pages and used that to aggregate and come up with an answer that is then written by an AI, and that appears on the search page. So, if you want the answer to that question, you don't have to click through. Um, and the guy I was quote retweeting was uh, is the the editor, and I think the owner of, of uh, uh, Tech Raptor. Uh, which is another game sort of – another website that trades heavily on – they all really, yeah. most of them trade heavily on the guides aspect. And so he was saying in no uncertain terms, this is horrific because basically it scrapes the work and presents it and there's no need for anyone to click through. And if people don't click through, no one's making any – well, Google's making money,
1: <laughs> but someone's websites making, aren't money. making money. Someone's because, always making money. It's yeah. a matter of where where that gets dumped off.
2: And and this doesn't, this generative AI stuff, this isn't just about websites. Like this can scrape from, you know, YouTube videos. It can use the YouTube auto-transcription stuff and scrape instructions from something like that. So it 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 covers everything and Google basically is trying to find ways of stopping you from leaving Google. But I think the thing that I found interesting, which was sort of the crux of my quote tweet, is that Google is solving a problem that it created (laughs) because Google made the internet worse, um, in some ways. In some ways, it's made it, made the internet it better worse, no before. Mistake, but-
1: like it's like it made it better initially conceptually, and then as it became a business, and as it became a global product, and as it became essentially a titan of the internet, it made itself yeah. worse in the process of extracting more and more revenue capital from that like from that enterprise. Like the original Google search was a, a revelation. It, like come changed oh, yeah. how you use it. it's it's very. I guess you can't even take it for granted anymore because now Google search is such trash that you can't even appreciate what it was doing well (laughs) in the first place. But, you know, you and I are probably roughly similar ages. Like I grew up in the age of web crawler and uh, all of these. Yeah. Web Yes, like competing search engines (laughs) that sometimes you used for different reasons because that search engine was better at this than another. But there was no – you were just sort of like throwing your hands in the air like which one you use. And then Google came along and I was like, oh, the rest of these are – fucking terrible like i'm never using any of this again
2: well and this is um, but this is the crazy thing right like you can't put all the blame at the door of google in one sense because it's it's human nature so what has really happened is google obviously had crawlers that determined what was on a page and how useful that information was and all that sort of stuff and people get used to gaming that system in order to get themselves high up in the rankings. And so Google changes the requirements and what has happened over time is a creep of bullshit basically (laughs) where pages have to be. So if you go to a, if you go to a, if you search something and you land on a guide and you get a guide where it's like, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of like a really simple search term, like GTA six trailer release Mm -hmm. time. Right. And You go to the page, and instead of just saying the GTA 6 trailer release time is the 5th of December at this time, it says, you might be wondering what time the GTA 6 trailer is going to be released. On this page, we're going to tell you, (laughs) and it will go on and on and on for 300 words. And the reason for that is Google has sort of created an ecosystem where the crawlers see that, generally speaking, as a positive.
1: Because it's content, right? Like, it's the difference between just, like, putting up a page with a tr like a trailer date and nothing else and running an yeah. ad on it versus hey like if there's 300 words here and there's paragraph breaks well that means there's context that means that the, when someone clicks here they're they're getting something of value beyond just the answer itself
2: yeah and 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 this is also where things like um you get websites put up pages and i'm not you know, I pass no judgment on any of this. Some of it I do, but on this particular activity, I don't. But you get websites doing things like having a page that is GTA 6 review. And when you click to it, it's just a uh, a list of, you know, everything we know about GTA 6 or whatever. Here's all the trailers. Here's the names of the characters. It's actually quite an interesting and useful page because it's sort of all this information in one place. But the reason that page exists so far in advance of anyone seeing review code is to sort of squat that search term Mm -hmm. and then when you get your actual review you take that stuff away and you put the actual review in and all this sort of stuff has contributed to in my opinion making the internet worse i mean you mentioned you said we're roughly similar ages i mean yeah for me uh, we talked about this a bit when we talked about rpg site that's my website my baby that comes from and i come from my business partner mike mike and i met on final fantasy message boards when he was like. 13 and i was 11
1: <laughs> and or 10 probably and there's yeah, gotta be a up, way to save her i'm just gonna search enough message boards what? and there'll be some theory crafting and i'm, I'm gonna save that girl like i've met is so it. many people over 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 those sorts of conspiracy theories in the, the 90s. this is
2: absolutely dude i yeah i absolutely wrote pages that were about what is this cave that you can't access and all that. and it's always really funny because now all these years on in this job it's actually <laughs> fun to when Final Fantasy 7 turned 25. I sat down with Kitase-san who directed the original game and I just peppered him for the anniversary of all these deep cut fan questions. And he was like, what the hell are you going on about? <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, and that's really fun to do that. But my point is I come from that internet, from that sort of fan site age, and we set up a Final Fantasy website in the year 2000. And that was so around Final Fantasy nine time. Mm. And that was absolutely driven by the more traditional style of video game guide where it was comprehensive and it was more like a physical guide book, like a Prima or a piggyback book that you would go and buy from GameStop. And the
1: longer, the better. I'm like, I used when I would go to GameFAQs when I was a kid, I sorted not by, well, I don't know what kind of rating systems they have, but it's basically like the higher the kilobytes, like the better the guide, (laughs) like IMO. It's like, like, if this one is a bigger size, if I'm going to have to use an entire, like, Uh, everything in the library to print this out before they figure out that i'm printing 350 pages for this (laughs) role-playing game walkthrough uh that like that's the era that we're talking about
2: but that is what's changed right in the sense that now the money isn't really generally in writing those big comprehensive guides it's in google actually has a tool called called Google Trends, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Mm -hmm. but um, listeners may not have ever heard of it, where it's literally a place you can go and you can look at what people are searching for in a specific topic. So you can go in and punch in Final Fantasy 16 and see what things are popping off as the most popular terms. And so the very basic basement level entry to this SEO thing is to go to Google Trends for the game you're going to target, you put in the name of the game, you see what people have been searching for, and you can obviously separate it by country and stuff like that. And then you write pages targeting that thing. So if ever you, if you're the sort of person who subscribes to a lot of RSS feeds, you know, they're still a thing for some people. Or you follow hey, a lot me. of games out there. I don't. Please. Yeah, me too.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, no, don't worry. You don't have. You don't have to consider yourself a degenerate for still doing RSS feeds. <laughs> I, I never gave. I never gave up. I went straight from. Google Reader shutting down to uh, Feedly was like one of the popular yep. ones afterwards. And then actually just converted to a different one because uh, uh, a friend was like, you know, they're like there are like better, more feature rich RSS. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there are. And so then I end up, sw- I think, Inno Reader, I think is the one that I, I switched to. Uh, but this
2: is the, the thing, day. right? If you see on your RSS that, that seven different game sites have all done like the same really specific guide within... Mm-hmm. last 48 hours. That's why. And so Google's created the internet where it's more about, in fact, much like everything in this day and age, it's all about the immediacy. It's not about, here's a beautiful handcrafted simple, short guide, uh, long form guide, rather. It's more about, here is an answer to a question that when you're sitting on your sofa, playing cyberpunk or playing Final Fantasy 16 or playing whatever, you whip out your phone and you Google that question. You click the top link or the second link or the third link. Cause that's the other thing. It's all about being in the top three. If you're not in the, if you're not in the top three, it's almost pointless. And someone lands on your page, reads your guide and you get a bit of money from the ads. But Google now is saying all oh, these pages are terrible. <laughs> um or that they, they, you know not necessarily the feeling that they're all terrible but they're feeling and i you know you see this complaint a lot you you see it on twitter you see it on places like recent era people saying i can't get the information i want because it's surrounded by other stuff i think the classic example outside of games is the recipe website right where mm-hmm. you, you search for a recipe and you have to scroll through loads of bullshit before you even get to the ingredients list
1: well it's why um, it's why i think this is very familiar for not just video game answers but just answering like This is part of, like, the rot of the internet that Google contributed to where how often do you, um, like, Google something for an – like, you put it in a question format and then instead of wanting to click on any of those websites, you just scroll far enough to get the Reddit answers where (laughs) somebody, like, has asked that same question and then the comment underneath is the answer or what's happened increasingly because of, like, the the shit show at Reddit from – Earlier this year, last year, um, their big struggle over their their API yeah. charging. A lot of people deleted their accounts in protest. And so I I keep going back to like sometimes I'm I find the topic with the answer like the question that I want. It's like where's that answer? User deleted their account. Like, Son <laughs> of a bitch. Um, but the only yeah. reason Reddit is becoming like a Q and A resource is because like searching through Google itself has become so monstrous because the, the the websites on there are like stuffing themselves with ads to be in that. I mean, it's all like inner tangle where everyone has made everything worse collectively while uh, chasing whatever like Google says is like, oh no, this is actually what, today this is what we decided is the optimum way to do this. And
2: there's SEOs as well, right? So and some of them are good and some of them are bad. Some of them are real snake oil salesmen. Uh, some of them are excellent. I have to give a shout out here to uh Lily Ray. Uh, if you search that name on Twitter, she'll mm-hmm. come up straight away. She's just an excellent SEO. I've never like worked directly with her, but she's mm-hmm. one of the few people that I follow her on social. And when she says things, I listen because she's she's real about this stuff. Um, she works for AmSiv, which is a big company that does SEO and a lot of other reputational management stuff. Um, and she said in a in a tweet uh the other day, like, Oftentimes for people with SEO, it's actually not a strategy, it's a loophole. You look for the loophole in Google's system to get to the top of Google and you exploit it until the loophole is closed. And Mm -hmm. then when it closes, you panic because your source of income has disappeared overnight. And this isn't everybody doing this, but that's sort of the the worst of the internet. And I think that's where Google's coming from with this AI stuff. But obviously this becomes this horrible, eroborous of Google is stealing content. And well, not? That's an unfair way of, of characterizing it. They would say they wouldn't say they're stealing content. They would say they're using the AI scraper to create a version to create
1: a short, so answer whatever. Well, but it's the same fundamentally. It's it's a, 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 all I can think about when looking at this problem is it's very similar to the problem the media had fifteen years ago with mm-hmm. the rise of Facebook and yeah. other like social networks, uh, including news, in which what happened was. Uh, The promise from places like Facebook and other social networks were like, hey, we're going to use your articles. We're going to aggregate your data. And what you're going to get out of that is, well, no money from us directly, but like you're going to get traffic, which is going to lead to money. And this like symbiotic relationship, we keep people on the platform, but enough people are going to click through that it's going to work out for everybody. And like, it's not a spoiler to say like it it didn't work out for the media. (laughs) Like it, it, it thousands, excuse me, tens of thousands of people lost their jobs on that false promise. It got even worse when they did their like pivot to video nonsense. Oh, wow! I mean, everybody got screwed there. But what I I mean by that is like, I understand like what you're getting at, which like from Google's perspective, like, well, they're using existing data to solve a tangible problem for people, but at the expense of the business models that they helped create in order for people to pay their jobs, like put food on the table. Yeah, and-, and, and there hasn't been, it is not, it is one thing if this was rolled out and they said, hey, so internet's kind of messy right now. We think these AI tools can maybe help clean it up, make things more effective. We understand that the only reason these AI tools work is because of the con- underlying content underneath. It can't invent itself, how to, it can't, well, at least not yet. It can't play a game by itself and, and create a guide. I feel like you know, maybe 20 years from now, who knows? But hey, if we scrape your data, you are, in the same way that you can get, like, uh, you know, pennies from a, an ad from a click-through, you're getting money as we use your data. And that never happened with Facebook and other social networks when they were using uh, media as like proprietary content. And so far, there's none of that here because I think that would make it much more palatable. It's like, look, maybe we can click-through to an ad, but also Google's giving us money if, like, they know if they're scraping the data. Like, they have the information there and it's very easy for them if they wanted to to set up an exchange where websites got you know probably not much money but something for being applicable to that answer
2: yeah and i mean but it's dangerous anyway i think because it's like we talk about the facebook thing what was that facebook thing the birth of really it was the birth of of clickbait in the modern sense it was the birth of one quick trip to do this you won't yeah. believe you know whatever whatever those sorts of articles come about those sort of headlines come about because they get clicked through on Facebook and I think the danger is if you do that and you make it a revenue model where you get paid if your AI gets scraped the danger is you end up with people then who are actually not writing for users they're Mm -hmm. writing for the AI and so this is the this is the challenge but if they leave it as it is and they say well we don't want to bias it by incentivizing it what are you going to do when all the websites that you're scraping from essentially shut down and stop producing content because they're not making money anymore (laughs) because (laughs) you're no longer sending (laughs) clicks to them. And obviously this is a complicated equation even for Google because they have such a stranglehold grip on the internet advertising world as well. Mm -hmm. Lack of clicks going through to websites technically is probably hurting their bottom line to some degree in that sense also. So it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of a slippery slope and it's like that tweet is just about the AI thing. But when it comes to this search apocalypse <laughs> that feels like we're on the verge of, of, of entering, it's about a lot of different things. Cause obviously that's one bad actor use of AI in a sense being used by a giant corporation, but the other bad actor uses, and we've seen a lot of this on like with YouTube scripts, uh, you know, this, this may date this video, but <laughs> as we record this, like, uh, the YouTuber H guy has released an incredible free hour mm, video yes. about plagiarism on YouTube. Um, and something he touches on in that is uh, plagiarists using AI to flip a script. So putting an original script from channel A into an AI and saying, can you rewrite this so it still makes sense, but it's different. And then they use that as their script for their channel. And in the world of games media, not just guides in everything, in fact, but obviously if you've got a nice deep dive, you know, a uh, feature that's very difficult to copy. But if you're just, you know, you're telling someone how to get the best weapon, um, or, you know, you've got the social link answers for persona or whatever you, that can very easily be flipped in that way. That's why on RPG site, we're huge on paper towns because I can't really do anything about it, but I just get a, S- slight sadistic pleasure out of catching people doing it to be honest
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you want to explain we've talked about this concept before but yeah do you want to explain what what that means and yeah in sort so of how you conceive of of implementing the, these kind of trapdoors in yeah in the so a
2: paper town the term paper town comes from map making back in like medieval times i think where literally they would map makers would put towns on maps that didn't exist and so if another map maker came out with a map that had that exact town on it in that exact spot, they would know that they had been plagiarized because that town doesn't exist. So in a video game guide sense, it's a narrow, it's, it's, it's a difficult road to tread because what you don't want to do is put in information that could mislead people. <laughs> but say you have a guide that's about the best weapon in a game. What you can do is sort of misname a location in a really obvious way where someone reading it is going to be like, that's a weird typo, but they know where you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Or the name of a weapon or the name of a character or something like that. Um, But then if you see that reproduced on X websites (laughs) 48 hours after you put it live, you know that they've just scraped you or that. Not necessarily scraped in the AI sense, although that's becoming a thing. But this has been a problem for years. And before it was just like guys, you know, poor underpaid writers who are being forced to do huge amounts of work by content farms where they're expected to get so many guides up it's impossible for them to actually play the games and stuff so they's they're taking their screenshots from YouTube videos from let's Plays, and they're and they're just rewriting content they see on other websites so I put in paper towns but that's just like I say it doesn't actually do anything um on a couple of then occasions. you need like
1: you know I, I think in some of the articles I wrote about it I spoke um like on background with some folks that work for like let's call them like very big websites right uh in which <laughs> Uh there's you know, uh <laughs> like you can you can take some swings that like who who you think that might be. Who could afford to have a lawyer that you know what I mean? It's one thing to put in the the catch, right? Where like it's the bait and then you can you can, you know, you have the paper town, you can you can catch that someone is plagiarized. It's pretty clear cut. Um, but then it's the ability to do the follow-through like really only exists on certain scale. I mean, you can shame people, but you know. Usually the, it's
2: just the, a polite email to an editor that you know saying, look. I just want you to know this has been robbed from us. And on occasions I've had that conversation with editors and the editor comes back and says, I'm really sorry. We've, we've given you a link or I'm really sorry. We've taken it down, which yeah, a backlink's a backlink, right? Um, but yeah, it all, it all folds into, you've got that, you've got the the Google discover stuff that's going on right now. So I don't know if you have followed that
1: at all. No, what's that?
2: Google Discover is if you've got an Android phone, if you've got a Google Pixel, for instance, mm-hmm. and you're on your home screen and you swipe right, so you swipe towards the you swipe towards the right to move the screen left. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, brings yeah, yeah. up uh the it brings up a series of stories. Oh, this um, is all this
1: like g- gross. C- I, I um, sorry, so I continue. I've got a story related to it. Fin- finish, finish your point.
2: Well, yeah, basically, it's stories that it thinks you'll be interested in. Um, but Discover has become a enormous source of traffic for a lot of websites and Google deployed a bunch of changes to discover they had a big uh, thing that they called the helpful content update and that's why there's so much noise right now around this SEO stuff because the helpful content update was sort of in October and November and some websites have been decimated again this to, to come back to I gave a shout out to Lily Ray earlier when this was all going on she was taking sort of getting people to send her their case examples. And there were people who had gone from getting a million clicks a month through Discover to literally zero. Overnight. Like a switch had been flipped. Uh, now, the question is, is that bad content? Is it good content? I think in a lot of cases it was okay content that sort of has been tarred with the wrong brush, so to speak. Um but so there's changes in Google Discover. And Discover's weird anyway, because it it is that thing of it's Google watching you. It's looking at what you're searching. It's looking. At, so if, I'm sure you find being in this job, you might be Googling a lot on a specific topic because you're doing research for an article or something. And then you wake up, open your phone and discover is, is full of that topic and it feels a bit gross.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a combination between my kids searching things on YouTube and then me doing research. It's like I'm getting like strange Christmas videos and then also like a bunch of alt right. Like, f- like, like figures and it's like, I need how do I just delete this algorithm and start over? Because it is not actually helping me accomplish anything. Um, <laughs> and I, it's, you know, um, the, the I think it's Google Discovery where like I had a neighbor, he got a Google Pixel. And then he kept like in conversation, he would like kind of bring something up. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's like true. Be like about an upcoming movie or something. And then eventually <laughs> we piece together that he was just getting, he was, he's like getting this by being like bored on his phone and like using it as a conversation topic. It's discovering he was being like wildly misled on these articles. He's like, I gotta yeah. stop looking at this crap.
2: Yeah, because these websites, it's much the same way there was Facebook bait. A lot of people now are doing Discover bait. Um And so it's, yeah, so Discover's a big element of it because like I say, people have had huge traffic changes for good or for ill in Discover. I'm sort of of the opinion that Google's heart is in the right place. Although, you know, this is a company that famously apparently had the motto, don't be evil, and then later got rid of that motto. But um I do think their heart is in the right place, and they understand that the elements of the internet are super grim and not working very well. Um, and so I think, like, strictly speaking in the video game space, for instance, I feel like the helpful content update did hit the sort of websites harder that were inclined to do sort of nonsense SEO pages. So let's, a a page like uh, Final Fantasy 17 release date. I haven't looked at that, but I guarantee you can Google that and there will be people who have that, even though that is a game that ostensibly does not exist. Definitely doesn't have a release date. It It will at some point, but that's sort of camping on And it's just nonsense in my opinion. And I feel like that's the sort of stuff they're actually targeting. And I feel like a lot of websites that do stuff like that have been hurt by the helpful content update, because what they're saying is that content is not helpful. The page doesn't even answer the question that you're posing. It's just there to suck up the traffic from completely oblivious people who don't follow game news, who finish final fantasy 16 and go, that was quite good. And Google final fantasy 17. That's it. And so There's that, but there's a lot of crossfire in it. There's a lot of innocent people being caught up, a lot of innocent websites being caught up in it, a lot of great writers. And yeah, the danger is that the, an inability to have any steady level of traffic combines with a hugely unstable ad market because the ad market is all over the shop um, and has been pretty much all year. And obviously that's influenced by all sorts of things. Like I can only speak for RPG site, but we had like a, 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 an advertising average drop that was fe- relatively severe in October to the point where I emailed the, the publisher who does our ads and I was like, what's going on? And they were just like, it's the war because advertisers are just like, they don't know what, they, they don't know what content they're necessarily going to be opposite. There's not that much nuance in the ad market unless you're a huge website that has its own ad teams in the way like, you know, a, 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 an IGN does or whatever. Um, and so you just saw a drop and then it gradually recovered as 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 grim as it is as the world began to just go back to normal and forget that this horrible stuff was happening and so you those things combine and the ad market has been really really unstable for for quite a few years now really it was a big boom during covid and everyone was printing money especially in games everyone was doing animal crossing guides and
1: Animal Crossing and Elden Ring paid a lot of people's bills.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and, but since then, it's sort of been a bit more wobbly. And that combined with the Google thing, it's two elements of uncertainty where, for games media specifically, it's, it's, it's been a hard year, I think. Like, I speak to a lot of independent, uh, you know, website owners uh, because the, The safety in numbers, right? So if you run a website like RPG site, the easiest thing to do is to chat to people who have similar sites of similar sizes, compare notes, make sure you're not getting screwed on Google position, or, you know, it helps you to identify a problem. Like if you realize your search positions are dropping significantly and everyone else's aren't, you go, we've got to look at this. And that's the crazy thing, right? It's like, this job should really be, really, it should be about writing about video games, spreading the joy of video games, and you know, attacking the bad of video games, the problems in development, all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, equality issues. There's there's a lot of stuff we've got to deal with as an industry. And it should be about that. But for someone like me on the site owner level, a lot of my time is sent, spent looking at tools that just tell me literally two times a day, how our search positions have moved for key terms. Twice a day, I get an email from a tool that literally goes, on Cyberpunk 2077 2077 cars or best cars, you've dropped four places. And then I have to go to someone and say, is there anything we can do to this page to sort of pep it up a bit? Now, we're quite snooty on RPG site. I don't deny that in the sense that there's a lot of stuff that we won't do. Uh, There's a lot of stuff. The guys are pretty good at keeping me in check where sometimes I ask people to do things and they go, don't want to do that, man. (laughs) And I I just, I don't have the, I don't, you know, I go, you're probably right, actually, just leave it. And the truth is, probably I could uh, be far richer (laughs) and far better off if I was willing to just, uh, you know, be completely unscrupulous about it and just go for it and, you know, could have made hay while the sun shined during lockdown and stuff like that. But that's actually the interesting thing from my perspective. Like when you said at the start, oh, you're you've got quite a good attitude about it. That's because the truth is... The last three four months haven't been that bad for us because we won't run the sort of website where we're not doing a lot of the stuff that is really unstable. Uh, We try to provide really useful guides. We try not to answer silly, simple questions. You know, because how to jump, how to save. You know, I sort of we trust our readers to, and also having a uh, a more niche website, we naturally have quite an engaged default direct audience who are here to follow us much the same way you guys do. Um, not on the same scale as you guys, I'm sure, but like we've got an audience who are coming to our website for us, who listen to our podcasts and stuff like that. So that helps, but I think there's so many sites that are just entirely built on the search empire. And I think what this year in particular has proved for a combination of Google being quite aggressive in the moves it's made and the AI stuff is that that is a house of cards. It's that simple.
1: One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar or you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals, but you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl, you might want to think about Magic Spoon. uh, Because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high-protein, less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning, seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein. Has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And look, you put peanut butter in anything. I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com/remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code REMAP at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap and use the code remap to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this
0: episode. Hey, Remap Radio listeners, Rob here. You know... The time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores, making sure I had everything I needed, right on budget, to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget, and unfortunately my increasingly delicate stomach, won't allow it. Fortunately for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner, they have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient, delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's, right, that's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off. That's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off.
1: Where do you, I mean, obviously, like, this stuff seems to be moving so fast that it's hard to tell where it's all going to end up. But where do you see, you know, you've done this long enough to see different evolutions of the ad market, how you construct websites, how you construct guides, like, how you manage to keep a site like RPG site around for, like, literal decades. Like, where do you, what What are you doing? Like, what are others doing, I don't know, five, ten years from now? Where do you, where do you think this is headed?
2: I mean, I, my hope is that we will be doing the same thing we have ideas of of things we're going to do and things we're going to change and you know actually one thing that's quite exciting is i'm currently working on on a, a, a new website which is something a bit different which is with um i don't know if i'm if if i'm cool to say so i won't say a name but just with with someone who's been a gaming internet personality um who took a step back and is thinking about what their next move is going to be and so you think about stuff like that for the future Um, for a website like RPG site, my mantra all the way back to 2006 when we set the site up was um, smaller is better. I think when it comes to media empires, I actually think you're sort of better off having a lot of small ships rather than one big unsinkable or so to speak unsinkable ship, because I think, This isn't, you know, there are some places that are too big to fail. IGN isn't going anywhere, right? But uh, I think having a niche and owning that niche is going to be more important going forward. And I think this is where Google's got a thing they talk about, which is E-E-A-T, which is expertise, uh, experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And this is something where they are driving that hard from an SEO standpoint. And so that's things like they want to know what your website's about, what it does, why it's good at what it does, why it's authoritative about what it does. Also about authors too. So like things like author bios are more important than ever, um, which is nuts because it's like, they're building weird databases on people who write stuff online in that sense, you know, you, if you Google your name now, if you've got that EEAT presence, it will bring up a bunch of stuff that Google's put together on you. Um which is fine it's public information but it's just it's interesting um so I but I think having a niche fits into that EEAT thing where you know a website like RPG site yeah we are going to be experienced in the RPG genre we are going to be experts on various aspects of that genre we are going to be authoritative and we try to do that in the sense of like when it comes to the guides for instance it goes into features it goes into reviews one thing i really love about our site that i haven't had i've worked in a lot of places in the games media i've freelanced in a lot of places magazine uk magazines uk websites i've done stuff for the bbc all sorts but one thing i've always loved on rpgs we have people who look forward specifically to our reviews because they know you guys are all super hardcore nerds for this stuff and so am i so you are going to speak to me which is always the best way to look at reviews right you find someone who you think is going to line up with you and then you know their judgment probably isn't going to be too far from yours um and, it's th- and that's always interesting for us with a game like final fantasy 16 which is like quite a good game but in my opinion not a very good rpg and so the way our audience responded to that uh, was interesting but so i think niche small is better and then you can maybe have multiple things going on um i i And for me, it's about not chasing the explosive growth. It's like, so RPG site is a website that serves, you know, between, depending on how busy the month is between like two and a half and 5 million, uh, visitors a month. And that's decent sized. It's not like blow the doors off enormous. I'm not buying a Lamborghini anytime soon. Um, but what we've had is, you know, three, four, five, six percent growth every year, even the bad years for a decade. And I am perfectly content with that. The issue is of course, a lot of businesses, small or large, aren't, aren't content with that growth. They want to explode. That's, that's business, right? Um, and I think, but the problem is in chasing the explosive growth, you have to be really proactive. You have to be really aggressive. And the problem with aggression in the SEO space is if Google changes its mind, you're fucked basically.
1: Like, Well, it's, it's, it's also it seems very depressing. Um, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, especially, especially if you come from a creative space. I mean, it feels like that's part of what's like, you know, it seems like you found your way through it and you, you get some level of enjoyment from figuring out this part of the puzzle. But on some level, like, any day that you're worried about where you stack on a ranking is a day that you're not thinking about what makes... Like, what's something interesting to put on the site? But in the meta sense if you can't make the the ranking stuff work, well then there's maybe there's no site to put anything interesting on. Well, that's what I mean.
2: It's a, we have a, like I say we have a pretty good audience of, of, of dedicated RPG fans who come for the news and come for the reviews and stuff like that. But I make no bones. And I've said this, you know, I make no bones about this with the staff as well, where it's like, we publish a lot of content, not all of it, but we publish a lot of content that is in a, in a way, a lost leader. You know, it doesn't make the money back that we pay. For that to be written but the stuff that pays for that obviously is the stuff that's got a super long tail where you can get a nice position on 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 something for a game that is you know really popular um and you know i know there's entire websites where they built an empire on pokemon go right on every single day updating all sorts of nonsense and and important stuff though that, that matters to people. And that's because it can be easy to, and this was something that when we talked about RPG site and guides in general, something I was quite keen to impress when we spoke before was there can be an attitude towards guides that can be quite sniffy and like, it's not, you know, it, you're not doing proper journalism or you're not doing proper criticism. You just sort of, and I do think there's a lot of low, hanging fruit guides. And I think that this actually is where AI will come in. It's like Roblox codes. That's like that, that that sort of term is like a battleground. Right. Um, and where there's hundreds of websites all vying for that or Wordle solutions, another really good example, although that sort of dropped off, but when Wordle was at its height, that was like the most important page that probably any website could do on, on that given day. Um, and, that stuff is lower hanging fruit and perhaps isn't as skilled, but there's so much guide stuff that he's tremendously skilled. And some of the best writers I've ever worked with are guide specific people and they perform Herculean feats of, of, of patience. I mean, that's one of the reasons why on, on RPG site, we don't do certain types of guides because I never feel comfortable asking people to do stuff that I wouldn't do. And the certain types of guides that just require such like dedication and kind of mind numbing but difficult at the same time and i don't want to say to someone can you do that so we don't do those things and so we make less money as a result but that's a that's an equation i'm happy with but there's so many people who just do incredible incredible work and so it's not to sniff at guides really but i think it's absolutely fair to say that while also making the observation that an environment has been created where there's loads of terrible stuff there's loads of writers also being sort of exploited to create a lot of terrible stuff or a lot of you know low rent stuff um and google has created that problem and now google is trying to fix that problem but by fixing it they're just going to create an environment where of people lose their jobs and it is depressing and i don't fully see as it stands now like you said to me where do you see things in 10 years i know what my intention is um but I'm sort of like say working in this smaller bubble and it's a bubble designed to protect myself and protect the people who work with me uh, and and keep us ticking over. Um, But in a grander sense, it's very, very difficult to see where things are even going to be in six months because depending on how quickly they push this AI stuff out um, Google, obviously it's all secret as well. So how quickly people can figure out if, if there's a loophole, where there's a loophole. Um, but also, you know, Google has made stuff happen in the helpful content update, and it's moving around all the time. Um, there's actually like websites dedicated to this where they track the grander search movements. So every single day, you could, every single hour, you can go to I'm trying to think. I, th- I think Semrush has one of these where it's like a Richter scale thing. So it's almost like today the earthquake of Google is this much, <laughs> and if it jumps to like a seven or an eight, then you know some serious stuff is going down. Uh Um, and the S you know, the bat signal goes up and all the SEOs descend. Um, but it's, it's when, when stuff's moving that frequently, it's impossible. And that's part of the problem, right? There is no stability or there's very little stability.
1: And and it's just, just, what worries me is, you know, I, and I've told the story on, on, on remap before, like when we first started the company was, uh, you know, I was in like the most, privileged position possible, which is like, I'm this white guy who's been doing this for like a very long <laughs> time and I know everybody and I didn't have a single job offer after I lost my job and, and like not even an interview, just a lot of like, well, that sucks, man. It's like, oh, okay. Well, usually that gets followed up with and we'll go talk to the business people and we'll figure it out. And so, you know, if you use me as an example and then trickle down for how brutal the layoffs have been in- in the video game industry writ large, but also in, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, media in particular, I, I don't know, like people aren't finding chairs elsewhere. Like it used to be, they're like, okay, maybe you lost your job. Like a publication always implodes, like a business model always implodes at some <clears> point. <throat> the business people come and always ruin it uh, to some degree. But you know, like if you're in, like eventually there'll be somewhere else for you to to settle down. And that just hasn't been, The case, like the jobs haven't shown up somewhere else. And, uh, you know, I think that extends all the way from editorial to guides writing. And like the squeeze is just on in so many different directions. And my worry is is less so that someone like yourself can find a way to make your website work because you seem to understand scale and like aren't interested in explosive growth. But. For like all the people caught up in other places where those do become concerns, it just feels like more people are just gonna lose their jobs. And if your desire is to stay in media, to like be a creative and be writing, I, I just don't know where I don't know where that money's coming from. Um, it just seems like more and more of it's going away. And I don't I don't see where more is is coming in. And funny enough, it seems to follow the same track that you were mentioning before, like where Google is optimizing towards expertise and niches. And it's like, well, I mean, remap is a niche. Like we, mm-hmm. yes, we're like probably much bigger than RPG site, but we're not like, our member count is not yeah. huge, right? Yeah. Like, and like people, like we, we charge enough that it's able to pay everyone's bills. It's been successful beyond my, my wildest expectations and dreams. Like I'm, I'm very thankful, but like the numbers are pretty s- like small, like, mm-hmm. um, but it's because we have, us like a, a very passionate, dedicated, interested audience. And then when we asked for their help, they said, yeah, like we want you to keep doing this. Here's money to keep doing it. Um, but it seems like that tracks along that sort of like expertise niche route as opposed to being a generalist and like appealing to everybody and then getting caught up in the muck.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's to, to what you said as well about, you know, when you lost your job and, and, and finding that there, there wasn't places you could go to part of that right is does it not feel like to you that there's been there's been a slowing of new outlets popping up of new investment like you know we're we're not in a world where god are we uh, we're probably 10 years removed from polygon starting up now right for instance and there are new sites but ironically this is one of the things that really sucks about some of the stuff that's been going on is that it feels like a lot of quite decent new up and coming sites that aren't just click farms have been hurt quite a bit by the helpful content update. I think because they don't have that authoritativeness for the EEAT or the trustworthiness because they haven't existed for that long. A huge advantage for RPG site is that we've got a domain name that's, that's right. You know, pushing 20 years old. Um, And so that's an issue. And I think about people think about friends of mine, Andy on video games Chronicle. He has had to work tremendously hard to make a, traditional video game news site work in this current and I'm I'm amazed that he has made it work. Like I I have so much respect for 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 the fact that he's actually managed to make that work. Because when he was doing it, I remember him telling me he was doing it and saying to him, I really hope it works, but it's such a hard market. Like (laughs) good luck. (laughs) Yeah it's such a it's such and obviously he had a lot of experience and he had he had some great backing and stuff to be fair and all that stuff obviously helps. But when I think of like in the last couple of years relatively decently sized video game websites that have that have been set up VGC is probably one of the only ones and, obviously right. and, you and, guys- the, and the
1: other trend is just is is folks like myself who like got lucky to become reasonably well known in sort of established like mm-hmm. s- like semi stable jobs and then was able to have an audience that was like hey you- I got to go do something else unless you're willing to like pay for me to keep doing what I'm doing. But like, it requires you like, that's me uh, like cashing in on 20 years of, of these jobs. And if you're just getting started, like there's like, you haven't built an audience. You haven't built like people you could call fans. And so like, I think most of the trend has not been new places popping up. It's been existing folks that otherwise would go behind the scenes to work in development or communications, PR, however you want to characterize it. Mm -hmm. And instead, using places like Patreon or Memberful, like different funding services that like allow you to keep doing what you're doing separate from like having to do it at a a corporation that's going to ask you to have exponential growth. I mean, that was the true of of Waypoint was I remember being in a meeting and they were like, so you're very like, you're very profitable, like we're very happy. Things are great. How do we like double the users? And it's like, I can't. Like, that's it. Like, I mean, I can juice it. You know, like there are things we can do. We could probably come up with stunts and ways to like get more people to convert yada yada. But I was like, we're talking hundreds, thousands, like at most If it's all very successful. It's not double and it's not triple. And they're like, oh, huh, that's interesting. And by interesting, I mean, we're going to take your job away because- Well, like- yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> and, 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 but that's the thing. And it's like, so what could you have done? And one of the answers for the past 10 years has been, you just start playing the game and do the most cynical stuff for Google and for search you can possibly do. But what's interesting slash scary slash cool is that the stuff that Google's doing suggests that potentially that isn't going to work anymore, which is really dangerous for the people who are doing that. But also it becomes this weird thing of Google's chosen few. So like, well, yeah, we, we talked, you know, we talked about discover. And I think an interesting thing yeah. that's developing on discover with the recent changes that again, I recommend Lily Ray's account cause she's sort of following this very closely is that there are certain brands and outlets that are doing enormously well out of Discover. So like Lily tweeted the other day, like uh, she opened Discover on her phone and five of the seven stories on her Discover front page were all from Yahoo. Um, And there are also some publishers in games that are having similar uplifts in that way. Um, And the danger of that obviously is that then it becomes a weird, Haves and have nots thing, whereas at least before with Discovery, it felt like everybody had a relatively even chance. And yes, the big publishers would do better and people who were willing to optimize for Discover might do better, but everyone got a bit. What we've seen is a lot of people dropping to zero and the people who haven't dropped to zero now getting tremendous exposure. Um, and I guess that brings us to almost the real nub of all of this, which is that it's no good for so much of the, the internet media ecosystem to basically hinge on the whims of one company. Um, and, and one team within one company in a sense where literally, right. you know, the search team, it, it's not, uh, it's not an exaggeration to say, obviously they have stuff in place to, uh, to prevent stuff like this, but the search team could change an election, leave alone, kill a video mm-hmm. game website. Um, and, <laughs> So that's the, that's the problem, but also Google's huge, not going anywhere, like traffic from like Bing and, and DuckDuckGo and things like that exists, but it's, it's a drop in a drop in the ocean, right? Right. And
1: you can't build a business around it.
2: No. And, and so, and, and, and at that point the option becomes subscription models, like what you guys are doing, or it's to build audiences, build organic audiences, which it's probably the best option. And to be fair, that's what you've done. You've built an organic audience, but then obviously you're monetizing it via the subscription rather than via the ads. I think sometimes potentially a hybrid model is the thing that I think will become most common in the future. Yeah. It's so, it, to be honest, it's something we've looked at. We've done user polls and had like, you know, five, 6,000 people answer and been happy to see like 60% of people say they would pay a sub to not have any ads.
1: I think it's, like, you, like, having an institutional website, which I would describe RPG site as being, like, the kinds of people that are coming there are coming, there, like, they're choosing to come to your website. So yeah. I'm sure you're getting some people that are, like, coming through Google, but you have some sort of, like, foundational people. You've base got a decent which, like, direct. It's a community, right? Like, and, and like, they, they go there because uh, they want to be around those groups of people with shared interests, and... At least you know, in my experience, I've been pleasantly surprised both times that I have engaged on this, like that more people than you would think, yeah. Um are, are willing. They the kinds of people coming to an RPG site, the kinds of people coming to a waypoint or a remap, like they know the score, right? Yes. Like they understand yeah. Yeah. the media ecosystem. And so they they also understand if they want it to exist that like they're willing to invest their dollars to to make that that happen and like what the scale of that is is going to be different but i my guess is you'd be pleasantly surprised by how many people were interested and be like this would make a lot more sense if on some level like you had this more or less stable income from you know the community that was separate from the whims of the the ad market
2: yeah and 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 that's where you know when you said about where do you see in 10 years i hope that that continues and you know if things get tougher on the ad side we can look at doing a sub model or whatever i think if you've got a website where it's more like you are more reliant on serving the person who hears in the pub that gta 6 trailer is coming out and goes on their phone and just googles it or the teenager who just wants to know when like peter griffin is coming out in Fortnite, (laughs) like those are, and, and right now those are huge businesses. And I think what people don't realize a lot of the time, the more general audience, as we discussed, at, as you said at the very, very start is how much of games websites they probably read and love and adore for completely different types of content are nevertheless hugely reliant on that stuff. Even if it's hidden from the front page, you know, a lot of websites do that, right? Like a lot of websites just legitimately straight up do all that stuff, but just just bury it. <laughs>
1: well, it's, I think it's rare for someone to go to IGN.com, to use an example, and it's like, I'm here to go find a guide. And it's like, you go to IGN.com, like yeah. you type in IGN.com because like you want to see the news or the features or the previews or whatever. But the guide just, you you stumble upon because IGN, you know- has a lot of expertise in making sure that they are like highly ranked. And so you come, you kind of come across IGN and also by half they're huge,
2: right? Because it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's size, not only in terms of traffic, but in terms of, you know, their wiki is enormous and, right. and just impossible to, it's like for a site like RPG site, if it's a super RPG site niche game, if it's something like Octopath Traveler 2 or something like that, something I always say to the guys, it's like, if we can get two and above us is IGN, <laughs> I will be ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> because we we're not, not going to get above them not an, right. apart from in exceptional circumstances um, but yeah it's it's and it's funny because like we in this, we in the media also are so insular and inward looking so it's like how mm-hmm. important is twitter to games media or was it before before it all started to go horribly wrong <laughs> but like it was the center of all our universes right to some degree uh, at it's least-
1: important for building an audience zero importance for driving traffic well that's what how i mean I would, right how is, i would explain it, it was
2: so important and yet for most websites it was probably five percent of traffic or less
1: if um, you were lucky i mean just people did not click through you could have an extremely viral tweet with a link attached and it will drive you like basically no yeah traffic. now it's down
2: to nothing but um, yes. <laughs> and that's the same example right it's a big company that you know Elon comes in and says, we want to remove the useful link cards and stuff like that. And it's, it's drove that even lower and Google's just doing this, just toying with, you know, these livelihoods on a whim. But like I say, I can't stress enough that I absolutely understand that they are trying to do the right thing. And I just think we've much as with most media, we've sort of backed ourselves into this horrible, horrible corner across the board, Google media, the way people consume media now and the way they think about media now, where I feel like it's been massively devalued compared to even 10 years ago. Um, I think about the way the attitude that people have towards video game guides when we were doing UFF nine and doing final fantasy nine and 10 guides and, you know, game of game facts in those days and stuff like that versus the attitude that users have towards guides and stuff. Now, everything is much more disposable. Uh and, as a result, I feel like no. It's only now that people are are raising the alarm when some people are being quite seriously damaged by the helpful content update and by the AI stuff. But actually, this is just um, this is not the fin end of the wedge. The wedge has been going in for a while now.
1: Agreed. Well, what a. What a fun way to end this conversation. <laughs> you were supposed to be the optimist, Alex. Um, uh, but, uh, I, do th- I do think it will work out. That's the thing. I do think. Well, can't go away. Games are too... It's just, I think, p- part of what we struggle with is, um, like, for the young people. Like, you know, your 20-somethings getting into this. Uh, like, they'll be able to go along for the ride as, like, the models figure themselves out where mm-hmm. you fit into that ecosystem. It's, you know, folks that are in their late twenties, thirties, forties, like planning for families, like like have more obligations in their life. That instability is 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 really stressful. Yeah. And like it's why so many people leave is because well, th- these other places are stressful, but they're less stressful than this one.
2: Yeah, um, and, and, and we and, have a serious and- like talent retention problem, right? Like like mm-hmm. older people who are in this industry and and still reporting on and still games, critics and stuff like that are very few and far between, because ultimately a lot of people in the end want more stability. And let's be honest, in a lot of cases, more money, although the money situation is a lot better over there than it is in, 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 in Europe, but it's yeah. It's, I do believe that everything will be right in the end. I think that probably the most likely thing is a lot of stuff like this is cyclical and I think it's probably likely we do have a bit of a horrible crash. And we do lose some websites and we lose people as a result of losing websites. And then things will gradually write themselves and grow again. Um, that's what I imagine. It's not what I want to happen. Um, and I think all the big websites will come through just fine. I actually think that's the saddest thing of all is I think most in danger is that middle ground because the middle is always what gets squeezed, right? Like if you're a big brand and you've got multiple websites under your belt or you're a huge, huge behemoth, like an IGN, you're fine. Um, but I do, I do think it will be okay in the end, but I do think it's extremely, I think next year is going to be all over the place. I genuinely do. Um, but you know, I live for the chaos to some degree.
1: <laughs> well, uh, depending on how that, that chaos goes, well, we'll have to have you come back through again and we can, we can talk through it. But, um, Alex, I've sincerely appreciated all your time. People won't know this on the call cause it'll just sound normal and not chopped up. But Alex has been very patient while i've had some people coming through to clean my chimney like <laughs> knocking on the door i've been like muting my mic as like a giant v- vacuum goes like like and just you know so uh know that alex has been extremely patient while i've stopped and started a conversation multiple times no, it's but, been my um, pleasure it's been my pleasure <laughs> alex where can people find you where where should they uh obviously rpg site but where where else uh, can people track yeah
2: what, I, i'm team? at uh a p Zone runner that's like alpha Papa and then the word zone like a sonic zone, and the word runner like a marathon runner that's actually a sonic thing i'm I'm ashamed to admit, but that is from
1: mm-hmm, that, we is all from, have that our is from the uh, that is
2: from the u k sonic comic um but yeah, so i'm a p zone runner on twitter uh, or x or whatever in fact i'm back yeah. pretty much everywhere. Um, I, you can find me on RPG site please visit RPGsite.net at RPG site on Twitter um, and I also quite regularly write on um, on VG247 where I sort of like I'm like a weird editor at large there where I just drop off you know I do several I do features on a regular basis and stuff like that so if you want my thoughts on non-role-playing games and more general industry stuff you can find me on VG247.com but yeah thank you so much for having me
1: yeah no thanks for coming through and obviously you know you can support everything we do by going to Remap Radio .com. Um, you can, you know, at a very base level, you know, even if you don't have the money to, to sign up, just, you know, go review a podcast. There are other ways you can, like, help websites, like, help communities. Yes. like uh, It's, like, simple stuff like that. Like, you know, like, just reviewing, like, <laughs> the Apple algorithm is very important as
0: well. And so
1: just <laughs> leaving a review, even if you can't actually sort of financially support all that stuff uh helps uh places like rpg site places like remap but uh thanks everyone for listening and as always fuck capitalism go home